Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Do you ever watch Curb Enthusiasm and the episode where Larry's at a restaurant and right next to him there's a person who's just talking into the air because like Bluetooth earpiece things were brand new at the time. It's about 10 years ago. Uh, and now everyone's just kind of gotten used to that. We've just seen a person yeah. walking down the street talking into the thin air, you know, and like it's it still looks like a crazy person to be. Somebody was doing that shit uh, in the cafe I was at, and she's like loudly talking about energy and convergence and whatever fucking hippie shit. Who knows what? <laughs> and I don't know if she was Skyping with someone or, or if she was just I don't know. But it's like everyone just she doesn't realize how obnoxious it is to everybody. And everyone's thinking it's obnoxious, but they're all too polite to say something. And man, I was I was this fucking close to just going over there and being like, <laughs> everyone thinks you're being rude right now, and then just like waiting for everyone to applaud, you know. But <laughs> of course, I didn't because I was too fucking polite, like everybody else too. So yeah, it's like, well, if, if somebody, you know, I'm sure she's thinking, if anyone had a problem, they would come tell me. You know, it's, it's just like you're just you're you're. It's one such of a people. social taboo to, to 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 call people out for shit like that, but it's also so right. like. It, it's 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 like considered rude to talk on the phone while you're on the bus or whatever, right? It, it's mm-hmm. just it's the same thing when you're in a cafe. It's like you're just talking it's in the thin air. Awkward. Like what? Why? Like, what? Yeah. Why do you just... want to fucking like let everyone in on your cut? Con- like I I never talk like on this on my phone in public. Like when I'm out in a store, no. so, like unless I really need to be like, hey, what do you need from that? Like I'm. It's so obnoxious to be like, oh yeah, like just like bullshit and make small talk with somebody while you're in a public like space. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah, and she's speaking. She was speaking like she's giving a presentation to a room full of people, which she may have been. Like she may have had her laptop, <laughs> and it's just it's like, what are you doing? Go fucking home and do this shit if you're if you're teleconferencing like this. Go to your like, car. Go to fucking yeah. Like seriously, oh man. If she really was doing like a teleconference with people, like that now, I really because she was speaking like in a very rehearsed manner too. Uh-huh. Like now, I really wish I would have gone and fucked with it and just been. Like, <laughs> are you talking to a whole boardroom? bitch no i wouldn't have said that but i just i wanted Ugh. to say something it was so obnoxious just you know like and there's people just sitting there like quietly reading you know like are they tuning it out because I, I can't tune it out and i'm not even reading anything besides fucking twitter so. to be fair you're, you're you're legally allowed to say bitch this week because the breaking bad movie is coming out tomorrow so it's there's a moratorium on just ending every <sighs> sentence in the word Hell bitch yeah. this week Ader, every day that i have a gatorade i i say to myself out loud Gatorade me, bitch, and then I open my Gatorade. <laughs> no, I, I don't actually do that, but I, I'm going to start doing it now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the bulk of the episode because we have uh, a couple things we want to touch on. But but there's a good uh, chunk of the episode we're going to talk about the uh, ongoing developing situation in um, or, or with with Turkey and the Kurds in Syria. Uh, so you want to give a, a brief background of just basically what happened? Cause you know, essentially I think what people, uh, have heard in the media is that, you know, Donald Trump has said, look, look, we're pulling troops out of Syria, out of Northern Syria. 
um, where they were uh, essentially assisting the Kurds in uh, fending off and guarding, you know, a bunch of captured ISIS prisoners. We had what was it, like ten thousand prisoners we captured. Something twelve twelve thousand. Yeah, wow. and yeah, that's insane. Everyone in the every person in the military is is aware of this. Every military official is aware of this, but. You know, we'd had troops in Syria for a while, and only about a thousand troops. He also gave air support to uh, to the Kurds in northern Syria, uh, what they call Rojava, R O J A V A. The J is pronounced like a the J in Bonjour, Rojava. Uh, and they couldn't get you know after the Iraqi army collapsed, they couldn't train people to fight well. <laughs> like they couldn't get Turkey to take on ISIS because Turkey basically supports ISIS. Uh, materially. Uh, one of their ministers, I think it was their minister of interiors today said, well, are you worried about ISIS, you know, breaking out of these prisons now that you're bombing uh, Rojava? And he said, not really, because the whole world, world's afraid of them. And we're their only ally. Turkey's ISIS's only option for an ally. And it's just, it's just like, they're just openly fascist, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so you had, you know, about a thousand US troops on the ground there who are they felt like they were fighting real bad guys alongside uh, the YP, YPG, YPJ. It's the male and female um, components of the um, Kurdish army there and Rojava, uh, who all feel very, it's like extremely betrayed. Fox News actually did some good reporting on this where they were, they had a direct phone call with one of these uh, U.S. troops saying, this is the first time I've ever felt ashamed of my country. And I was kind of like, really? The first time? Okay, whatever. You're in the military. <laughs> I get, you know. uh, and, they, you know, when, when you're when you're fighting side by side against a common enemy, you tend to, you know, like that's your comrade, right? And and even though yeah. the Kurds are, are you know, in, in northern Syria are like very left wing, like their, their flag is basically a, a, you know, communist red star. Uh, their their de facto leader, who's in a Turkish prison for the last twenty ton- some years, yeah. was a Marxist Leninist, basically. Um, they have a ton of pictures of them holding up like Antifa flags and shit like that. They're 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 a good pro- like portion of the army is certainly uh, they're one of the mo- more leftist you know armies that you that you could they'll find in the world outside yeah, of and, you know Latin America. And, and there's also like you know anarchist socialist hipsters from Europe and, and the U.S. who have gone there. To, to actually kill fascists and kill kill ISIS and pick up and you know put their have their Instagram account with their AK forty seven all that shit so it's a it's you know I guess sort of trendy to go do that but they actually have invited foreigners to come fight alongside them for years uh, and you know since about two thousand twelve the the Syrian Arab army uh, you know Assad troops has pulled out of that region right and you know the Kurds Kurdistan basically is parts of Syria, Turkey, Iran, and Iraq, and has been for thousands and thousands of years. And sort of this, this, you know, desire to remain an autonomous region and not have a nation state is, you know, very falls in line with some of the, you know, more anarchist views of, of a lot of these people uh, who probably have gone there. Um, so, yeah, in, in the absence of any formal government in the region, uh, their de facto uh, leader, I, I don't have his name in front of me here, um, but he started reading books in prison uh, written by this uh, eco-socialist anarchist named Murray Bookchin, who's from Vermont and apparently is sort of a, was a uh, sort of friendly critic and friend to Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so while hmm. he's in prison, written this eco-socialist stuff, he starts telling, uh, you know, his people 
back in Rojava to, you know, the, the, the armies and the schools and their councils to start reading this stuff and adopting the practices of this. So for about the last 70 years, they've been, you know, instead of having like a city council and then like a state legislature and then the federal government where they're kind of divided. Instead, the idea is, is that you have councils and each council, you know, is elected by the people. Right. And then each mm-hmm. council has one person that they elect to go up to the next level and then the next level. So there's like a basically a, a line of accountability throughout all levels of government. I mean, at, at some point you have to have some <laughs> representation, but it's basically it's like this this very radical uh, exercise in or uh, or experiment with with a more direct form of democracy. They call it uh, democratic uh, conf- uh, democratic confederalism is the term they have for it. But it has it, like a very strong component of like a feminist liberation uh, baked into it, where uh, instead of having just one person have a, a single administrative job basically that like different all all these different positions are split into like two different people that share the position and one you know if one is male then that has the other person has to be female uh you know with with their um with the councils they have to be at least 40 percent uh women on the councils right and uh, same thing with their with their army it's now like 40 percent women uh so this this notion of like eco-socialism and feminism, feminism uh, being the basis of their government in, in, in being self-governed essentially uh, in the middle of a place of the region of the world where any democracy at all is, is rare uh, or if it, you know, flourishes, it'll get toppled by the CIA. Um, you've got this very left-wing form of, of socialism happening. Mm-hmm. And then of course, yeah fascist turkey says nope we're gonna go in there and blow it to shit yeah which they've wanted to do for years and the only thing that's been stopping them is our small kind of uh congregation of troops that we had there helping them uh to fight and you know uh guard isis so that's basically and and it, it it's created a weird situation because you know uh we talk a lot on the show about american imperialism and how we don't support uh, sending troops overseas or using our you know military forces for any kind of offensive purposes um but arguably the only justified troop presence in the middle east may have been the small battalion of american soldiers that were assisting the kurds in guarding and fighting off isis because right. number one we fucking created isis i mean we all know that we created isis in the aftermath of Iraq and the vacuum that we caused it allowed ISIS to rise up out of, you know, the ashes of Al Qaeda. Right. Um, but, uh, and Chomsky even says this, who's, you know, extremely anti-interventionist. He's like, yeah, the one, the one group that we should actually, you know, protect with our military is the Kurds because, uh, we really fucked them over. And you know, it's a, it's a weird situation. Cause I never want to defend uh, sending troops to the Middle East, especially illegally without, you know, uh, any kind of authorized order. It, it, you know, it, we're, we're in every right. country well, that it, we're in, we're occupying illegally. I mean, that's, you know, what goes without saying, but sure, sure. And, and, you know, just to be clear, the, the YPG and PKK militias, cursed militias were classified as terrorist groups by the state department 
until ISIS came along. It was only after they agreed to fight ISIS for us, so we didn't have to, you know, send tens of thousands of troops there, that we decided, eh, maybe you're not terrorists now. And I guarantee they were only deemed to be terrorists because they were basically a bunch of Marxists, right? Uh, and I guarantee that we only sent those thousand troops there because we didn't want Russia sending their own troops there and having more power in Syria, right? Which Russia's been doing, you know, air missions against uh, ISIS in Syria uh, as well. And we didn't want that either. Like, so we wanted to kind of drive a wedge between Russia and Syria, right? So that that's, that's the U- real U.S. interest here. So I'm under no illusion that we sent troops there because, the, you know, the America, you know, uh, the Pentagon gives a shit about Kurds. Of course, of course. Um, and but, you know, and arguably it's 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 of all the moves to bring troops home. This is like the worst one you could have made. Like, you know, there and that and that's the kind of weird thing is that I never want to um, dissuade Trump from trying to, you know, bring any soldiers home because we shouldn't be in any of these fucking countries. Um, and he and the funny thing is right now he's kind of playing it up like I've always been against it, which it. You know, in fairness, he has said on the campaign trail, you know, he's proven to be uh, far more hawkish than he campaigned on in in some respects. But uh, he has said on the campaign trail, the Iraq war is the biggest mistake we've ever made. Uh, you know, we, we we went in there under false pretenses. Bush lied about weapons of mass destruction. It's really funny, by the way, that he's the only one who can criticize George Bush and the fucking media this week because everyone else apparently is in love with Bush. And we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But um, yeah. But so but it's just it's, you know, he's kind of doing a victory lap over this and liberals reflexively are all taking a super hawkish position of like, no, you can never withdraw troops and you're you're turning your back. So it's a real weird situation because this is like the one thing that unites the right and the left or right in the center media against Trump is withdrawing troops from anywhere. Like that's the only time you'll see everyone criticize him in the media. So and and to be fair, he may have earned this criticism with this particular withdrawal, but I'm reflexively like grossed out by ever even siding with those people because the only time they ever make any kind of effort to criticize him is when he does shit that's on paper, you know, in a vacuum, a good thing. Right. Well, and somebody had a great tweet um, yesterday and it said, how many people tweeting the hashtag Trump genocide uh, were defending Ellen DeGeneres for being friends with George Bush? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, just it's like the mental schisms they have, uh, you know, they, they've probably, you know, it's, you always want to have people united when there's an atrocity like this happening. Right. Because they're going, I mean, the, Turkey is basically saying like, yes, we want to wipe out all the Kurds. Like it's it's pretty rare that they have a country just announce they're going to do war crimes ahead of time. Usually they kind of like you know have some legitimate reason, but here it's just like no, we want to wipe them out. We want to make sure there's no Kurds living within hundreds of miles of our border, and then they also want to uh, deport the 3.6 million Syrians who are refugees in uh, Turkey right now. They want to forcibly. Uh, deport them into the areas previously uh, where where the Kurds are living now, but they want to make sure they're not living very soon. Uh, and uh, the fucking fascist you know, president of, of Turkey today, uh, Erdogan, Erdogan. F- flat out said, "If you don't let me do this, I will I will force these 3.6 million refugee, Syrian refugees into Europe." 
Like, I don't even know how you can do that, but I'm sure he would try, right? So he's like threatening Europe saying, if you oppose me doing these war crimes, I will send these people into into your countries to live because I don't want them in mine because they want a, you know, basically a, a pure Turkish Muslim state without anybody else. Er- Erdogan's a really interesting case because he's definitely, he's very feckless, but he's also extremely, he's got extremely fascist tendencies. There's a, I think there's like a good part of him that just wants thinks he can reconstitute the Ottoman empire like basically <laughs> um well, you, you remember in 2013 I, well maybe you don't but i um when they basically wanted to take the last like public park in istanbul and turn it into like this giant fucking shopping center and that's what kicked off like the huge uh like riot riots that took place there for months and then turned in like a huge national uprising and that was his <laughs> development it was his development he was going to own it so same as trump where he's got developments all over the world that make him money uh istanbul's been completely gentrified by his own construction firms and his own his own uh, development holdings there so uh, no wonder trump is is buddies with this guy but uh, apparently on the phone call they had this very sudden phone call uh, it was reported, I read this, that Trump actually tried to talk him out of doing this in exchange for us giving him like a sweetheart deal on a bunch of F-14s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's just like, <laughs> all right, well, you don't want to buy any of our weapons. Have at it. Go slaughter a bunch of fucking civilians. So it, it's just, it's like, you know, was potentially millions of people could be wiped out over the whims of, you know, a phone, one phone call. Um and then I'd, I did also see today that because there's been such universal condemnation of this uh, unilateral, I mean, this is just crazy for Turkey. Uh, they got rid of the death penalty because they want to be part of the European Union so bad and part of NATO so bad, attacking the allies of like the most powerful member of the UN and NATO, the United States, attacking our allies, the, the Kurds, right? Or at least our, yeah. our, up until, you know, for, for about five years, our allies. Our supposed allies. And that's the funny thing about the Kurds is that we've always used them uh, as as like a, uh, you know, a, a bludgeon in whatever way that we see. Fit. Like football. we never gave a fuck. Yeah, fo- yeah, we've never given a fuck about the Kurds. We didn't give a fuck about the Kurds when Saddam Hussein was gassing them in the 80s. And then all of a sudden when we wanted to get into Iraq, Bush is like, oh, well, he gassed his own people. You know, talking about <laughs> gassing the Kurds, and they we didn't give a fuck what he gassed his own people. Like, you know, it's like right. um, we've never given a fuck, but because they're a fucking leftist army, the the U.S. government does everything imaginable to stop any sort of global leftism from rising up or gaining too much power. Sure. And I guarantee you, if the Kurds had taken over, you know, a, a good chunk of of territory or you know a, a good chunk of a country, we would have fucking invaded them, and you know, under sure. the guise of stopping communism you know well yeah and, and that's that's something the you know the whole idea of of if they did try to take out their own state then of course there'd be mass bloodshed right so they've sort of i don't know if they've sort of decided they don't want that because it's a very anarchist idea that they want to have a stateless society or if they just know it's not possible and if sort of those those two different things kind of blended together um, but I'm sure they thought, you know, hey, this is great. Like, there's no more Syrian army here. We can set up our, you know, uh, direct democracy council, former government. And everyone's just going to leave us alone, right? Well, of course, they they knew that America would turn our, our backs on them eventually, and you know that's what they've been prepared for. I mean, this is this is the army that beat ISIS when no one else in the region could, 
when when we yeah. couldn't right and so they're they're not gonna you know, these are people who've lived in you know this area for a very long time um one of the other aspects of uh Ro, rojava Ro, okay. i always want to say rojava rojava uh, mm-hmm. Is that they they want to have essentially this this region be uh, multi ethnic, multi religious, right? So you have Christians, you have Chechnyans, you have Arabs, you have Muslims, and the whole idea is they all live together without all the constant um, you know uh, constant violence that breaks out. And and how do you give everyone representation in a way where they don't feel marginalized and then become radicalized, right? So just like very very forward thinking and trying to build a, a more utopian society in a place where there is so much violence over these things. Uh, and, and just the, the shame of that being lost, you know, or just wiped out by ethnic cleansing. I mean, it's, it's terrible regardless, but you know, the, this one group of people that's trying to really do it better, uh, yeah. far and away better than, than our version of democracy. Yeah, I mean our our version of democracy is a joke, but but oh, yeah, uh, you know you also three hundred years old too. I mean, when, yeah. when we first started it, it wasn't even, it was only for white men anyway. But still, just even that idea to have that much power in the hands of people was pretty radical at the time, right? But yeah. that's you know again, it's two hundred fifty years old. You know, no yeah. one's no one's really tried to do much better than that in all that time. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you mentioned that they, you know, managed to defeat ISIS. And I, at that, that one kind of uh, screenshot you shared from that, I guess that that documentary, that interview with one of the the uh, YPG or Y, which, which one's the female one? Uh, J YPJ uh, is the... one of the YPJ fighters. Was was really an interesting insight into why they were able to defeat ISIS and why they're they're so successful as an army. Do you do you want, you want to read that? Do you have that oh. up? Yeah, let me see if I can find that. Yeah, um, and this is true of of any army on their home turf for any people. You know the the idea Vietnam, that you know for sure exactly I mean, how how did rice farmers beat the most technologically advanced military in the world Be- because they were fighting for their homes. Um, let me see if I can find it. Okay, yeah, this is from a video, probably about 2015. Somebody had some screenshots here and young woman i mean this, this military so it's it's young people for the most part she looks like she's maybe 20 uh, 21 years old and she says she's talking about isis uh she says uh, they are mere, uh, merely human beings i'm a human being too they know how to fight i know how to fight what i have that they don't is that i have a purpose worth fighting for this empowers me i'm here to protect my existence right so yeah. uh one of the other things that i mean sort of the um you know, ISIS, you have these religious fanatics who are very hypocritical in, in some aspects of uh, uh, what they're preaching. But they, you know, one of the things they hate is equality for women. They want to maintain patriarchy and oppression of women, domination over women. So the idea of that, you know, the, the Kurds are, are, you know, trying to bring about a feminist equality enrages them <laughs> to no end. Yeah. Uh, and they believed that if they were killed on the battlefield by a woman, that they wouldn't go to heaven. So there was there was a very like psychological uh, bit of warfare there in in uh, conscripting all these young women to go to go fight, uh, and and not just be propaganda and have pictures on social media, but like be actively engaged in combat, uh, which you know very large number of them obviously were. Um, when you have an army of forty thousand people versus an army of probably 30, 20, 30,000 people in ISIS that they were fighting. Uh, you know, we didn't 
see a lot of it in our news because our news just doesn't cover things like that. But, you know, just just like, you know, uh, roving machine gun battles throughout the countryside for the last seven years, eight years straight, Jesus you know, Christ. and you got all these kids fighting it. And of course they, they know they're going to win because they feel that they are empowered. You know, they're fighting for their own freedom. Uh, and you, you're not going to, you're not going to win. You're not going to win against somebody doing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a really fucked up situation. Um, and unfortunately, you know, as this, as good of a fighters as they are, they're going to have a real fucking hard time against, uh, an army with the, with the firepower that Turkey has. Like, I, I can't see that, uh, yeah, well, their whole military well is for them. arms by us. I mean, we, we sell the weapons yeah. and the planes and the bombs to all the, the major armies. They're the, I think Turkey has like the largest army, uh, largest military, uh, in all of Europe, actually. So oh, wow. they, they've Great. just been waiting wow. for this, apparently, or at least uh, of, of NATO members in Europe. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you can when you can drop bombs from miles up, then it doesn't matter how many people you have on the ground. But it's still, you know, it there is so much condemnation. I I don't think this could last very long. Right. Like every almost even fucking yeah. Netanyahu, mass murder Netanyahu is like, ah, that's a little that's a little too fucked up even for me, <laughs> which I thought was pretty amazing. Well, Because um, nobody in that region wants to fucking deal with ISIS. It's it's counterintuitive. It's just dumb, like on every level, like because it there's the real fucking risk that Turkey it, the Erdogan's such a fucking megalomaniac that he wants, you know, to take over this region that he's going to risk releasing all of these fucking ISIS goons. That could be his and goal. That could straight that up be may, his yeah, goal. It might, well, just to destabilize he, the entire, the, you know. He's the, the, dick, the dickless asshole in Ghostbusters fucking releases all the ghosts <laughs> exactly. out of the fucking trap. It's like you just, you're <laughs> going to create chaos. Uh, yeah. yeah it, 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 it's just fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. Super sidebar, just about that <laughs> the Ghostbusters thing you just mentioned. One of the one of the annoying things about eighties movies is how conservative they leaned to to like appeal to the kind of what they thought the the cultural norm of the time was. And I, I, that guy was basically the villain because he was from the EPA and was like trying to make sure that the Ghostbusters weren't polluting the fucking city. But that that but yeah, oh just sidebar. yeah. Well, he was he was the the ginger bearded asshole and everything. He was the fucking yeah yeah. yeah dickhead reporter and diehard who gets punched out like he was <laughs> that, he, he had that role pegged <laughs> back in the yep. day uh yeah but you know like everything with trump as soon as he sees it's not working he's just like net i don't want to do it anymore so if this is if this kind of i mean there was a uh was it forbes or no bloomberg reported today that uh more republican congressmen well, Senator, like more Republican representatives have uh, disagreed with Trump on this issue than any other issue that's that's come up in the last three years. So it's like that's like when's the last time that like everyone, almost everyone left and a bunch of traditional conservatives and liberals were all in agreement on something like this? Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't remember ever. <laughs> yep. Nope. Uh, so with that much condemnation, I don't think it's going to last very long. Uh, with with real fears of uh, widespread ethnic cleansing and genocide, the fact that they're just saying we want to wipe out all the Kurds, flat out saying it, you know, like what what is – there's no there's no defensible argument to make. No. 
Well, Trump said that he told uh, Erdogan to take it easy on the Kurds, so I'm sure that'll really uh, <laughs> that'll really have an effect because he's uh, right now he's currently fucking bombing the shit out of them. Like they've they started almost immediately from when the U.S. pulled their troops out. Like the fucking the, the hour after they announced that the troops were withdrawn, Turkey started their fucking bombardment. So it's like you know. They're gonna they're gonna try to do everything they can to fucking ethnically cleanse them from the region and yeah uh, I'm sure that there was a, an agreed upon time frame in which they got to you know drop a few bombs before they were gonna pull the plug on it and they know that the clock's ticking uh, and they're gonna try to do as much damage in that short amount of time as they can uh, I, I did read earlier today though that uh, they're already trying to broker a, a ceasefire right now as though these are like two mutual parties like the you know <laughs> yeah it's just unbelievable the propaganda but, and the bullshit you know it's crazy it's crazy now i, I do understand there is a, a a segment of the left that uh don't like the ypg and the kurds because they were fighting alongside the u.s but basically the stance of the kurds is that you know we will we'll take any help from anyone if they're going to help us get rid of these fanatics with ISIS. Right. Yeah. So maybe you love Assad. Right. And you, you love the, you know, the, the Syrian Arab army, whatever they left eight years ago. Right. They're not there anymore in, in Rojava. Right. So don't pretend as though the Kurds aren't legitimate there. That's their home. Right. There's other ethnic groups and other religions in the area too. And they're all also welcome there. Right. So it's this isn't something that everyone We're not hel- yeah. is an expert on necessarily, but you don't have to live there to know about things going on in other parts of the world. Right. Yeah, no, the the, Kurd, the Kurds weren't helping the U.S., you know, uh, further their empire, you know, aspirations. The Kurds are one of the only fucking armies in the world who managed to get the U.S. to help them. Uh, more than they're helping the u.s you know like it's oh, yeah it's, yeah, it's hated, a really odd situation i hated seeing uh, in the mainstream news even tyt saying oh the kurds helped us it's like no they got forty thousand people there we sent one thousand we were we were helping them a little bit they were doing all the heavy yeah. lifting and anyone who's honest knows that right so to say that yeah. uh they were assisting us no <laughs> that's, yeah, that's no, ridiculous not at all no, it was the one situation where we thought that our, the U.S., you know, thought that the geopolitical interests were in favor of helping the Kurds, even though they're, you know, a bunch of dirty leftists and we hate to help any leftist armies as a country. Um, you know, it, it lined up, you know, for. Oh, for, for, yeah, for I, I'm reason, sure they but. would have they would have the Kurds would have far less sympathy if everyone knew how, you know, how left wing they actually were. <laughs> yeah, I know. If, uh, if, if they were like, oh, they're a bunch of fucking Marxist Leninists. <laughs> what they're anti-capitalist go go bomb yeah. them jerky uh <laughs> so you know uh solidarity with them right now because they're they're really uh in a horrible situation and uh i don't see it getting any better unfortunately but i guess we'll see what happens you know there's a lot of pressure hopefully some other country will step up and help them uh one of one of their other one of our other you know nato allies who uh, would want to try to make oh, Trump look bad. Yeah. Uh, apparently, as soon as our Congress goes back, there's a bipartisan uh, bill for sanctions against Turkey that it may be veto-proof. Uh, there's already a bunch of uh, European nations that have, are basically yanking all their money out of Turkey uh, and issuing sanctions. Uh, France's president, Prime Minister Mar- Marcon, uh, tweeted out a. He said he condemns Turkey's actions as strong. Like he, 
I forget his exact wording, but condemned it in the strongest possible language. Uh, so even if the UN doesn't do shit, which I, I would assume if they, even if they did, the US would veto it. Uh, it sounds like other NATO members are going to rain hell down on Turkey for, uh, for what they're doing, at least economically rain down hell. You, but the UN, the UN deploying their security forces, it's a weird, yeah, they're bicameral, like kind of setup where like they have the, you know, the toothless kind of, and I, and I do forget the names of the two, but I know one's like the security council versus the, uh, I think the general assembly, but mm-hmm. I think the security council is the one that actually can authorize them to send out security forces. And I think that's the one that the U S actually has like, you know veto power on where like any one member of the security council can, oh, can yeah. veto the entire you know operation right. so well, that's why israel can do whatever they want to because anything the u.n does yep. to try to stop israel will veto it right yep. um but yeah i mean the, the, there was an emer- some mer- emergency meeting at the u.n and they decided not to ish- even condemn it yet because oh, it's uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah i i forget the reasoning but it was just like it's not in our best interest to intervene or, you know, or condemn this at this time. It's like, well, how many more people have to die before it's in your fucking interest? It's what you're supposed to be existing for is to prevent shit like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll see what, how that plays out. Uh, And we'll, we'll, you know, keep, keep the situation updated, but, um, yeah, I actually started a, a, a list on Twitter um, rather than just like follow every single person. Right. I just, I'll do lists for certain topics. Right. And there's a, uh, I got a link to it here. It's on my Twitter account at Smut Collector, but there's about 12 people I'm following um, who are either reporters in the area or people that are actually um, in the uh, YPG or YPJ uh, military. They're tweeting out photos. And a lot of times, you know, you see photos get tweeted out and you're like, is that is that confirmed? Is this actually, you know, cause it's like people post photos all the time from some war that was five years old as though it just happened. It's, you know, not necessarily reputable, but, um, at least these 12 people I'm, I'm seeing stuff from all looks like legit, like legitimate confirmed photos, uh, experts, whatnot. So it's on my page if you want to check it out. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um, well, you know, I've had enough of agreeing with liberals <laughs> if for what for one show. So let's uh And Lindsey Graham. Ugh, ugh. Oh God, I know. <laughs> so uh there was something there was plenty this that, week to tear it's it's that meme of the, the guy and it's like uh what is it? The um the the meme of the guy's face like you, you when you agree with the worst person in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where the worst person you, you in the world makes a valid or makes a really good point or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, they, they they were on their bullshit again immediately this week. Uh, they didn't even give us a chance to to bask in the detente because um, Ellen DeGeneres, who is uh, always gonna side with her class, she always she, it, it, This is the one thing that this whole issue taught us, and we'll we'll, we'll talk about what happened. But uh, the one percent has tremendous class solidarity. We can't get any fucking class solidarity among the working class, among the 99%, because there's so many different factions and, and competing interests. But uh, rich people have a tremendous class solidarity. Uh, and uh, Ellen DeGeneres this week was at the uh, Cowboys game, uh, and she was sitting next to and uh, yucking it up with former president and uh, notorious war criminal uh, George W. Bush. 
so uh obviously a lot of people were like hey um what the fuck you know <laughs> like on top of the fact that he is uh was a monster on gay rights i mean he his entire 2004 re-election campaign ran around uh ran on you know creating a gay panic about gay marriage and and you know uh demonizing them he wanted to fucking amend the constitution to pr- to protect quote unquote you know the sanctity of of uh uh heterosexual marriage um that fucking guy uh you're you're yucking up with him not only that uh but he's a fucking mass murdering war criminal who's responsible for the deaths of uh roughly a million iraqi civilians so you know uh just maybe don't hang out with that guy maybe like kick that guy in the dick next time you see him i don't know um but you know of course alan uh has no problem having the worst people in the world on her show. Uh, and, you know, she's had Bush on before. She had him on and she was dancing with him. She talked about his paintings, you know, real, real fucking uh, just whitewashing of his fucking war crimes. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's just so crazy. The, the, the level of rehabilitation that liberals have done for George W. Bush, just because Trump, you know, makes their skin crawl. I'm like, and I say this all the time and I've gotten in arguments with people about this. George Bush is way fucking worse than Trump. Trump's a moron. Trump's incompetent. Trump's a monster. George W. Bush is way fucking worse. George W. Bush has has done inarguably way worse things. He's responsible for million plus civilian deaths directly as a, as a result of wars that he and his administration lied us into, uh, he is he was a fucking monster on civil rights. He was a monster on every fucking issue you can imagine. Uh, he, you know, authorized fucking torture. He he authorized the torture program where we tortured. Uh, it doesn't matter if they were innocent or not, but we tortured innocent people. We tortured, you know, prisoners of war. Uh, he's a fucking piece of garbage war criminal. Uh, and I want to actually play the audio from Ellen on her show, I guess, yesterday, defending uh, yucking it up with George Bush. And then we'll, we'll talk some more about it. So I'll play the audio here. So I want to talk about something that happened this weekend. I know it's Tuesday. Sometimes I like to ruminate on things all day Monday so that on Tuesday you, you hear about it. Um, so uh, this weekend I went to Dallas uh, for the Cowboys game. And uh, yeah, so uh, thanks. But during the game, they showed a shot of George and me laughing together. And uh, so people were upset. They thought, why is a gay Hollywood liberal sitting next to a conservative Republican president? Didn't even notice I'm holding the brand new iPhone 11. And, um, but a lot of people were mad, and they did what people do when they're mad. They tweet. And, uh, but here's one tweet that audience? I love. This uh, person says, Ellen and George Bush together makes me have faith in America again. And, um, Aww. I'm friends with George Bush. In fact, I'm friends with a lot of people who don't share the same beliefs that I have. We're all different, and I think that we've forgotten that that's okay that we're all different. For instance, I wish people wouldn't wear fur. I don't like it, but but I'm friends with people who wear fur. And I'm friends with people who are furry, as a matter of fact. I have (laughs) friends who should tweeze more. And I I have... But just because I don't agree with someone on everything doesn't mean that I'm not going to be friends with them. When I say be kind to one another, I don't mean only the people that think the same way that you do. I mean be kind to everyone. Doesn't matter. Um, I, I, 
even people who are already playing Christmas music. I mean, seriously, there's no excuse for that, but I'm kind to them. Anyway, I want to thank Jerry Jones, Charlotte Jones for hosting us, and thanks President Bush and Laura for a Sunday afternoon that was so fun. By the way, you owe me $6 for the nacho. Oh, where do you even start? Where do you even start with something like that? Totally superficial comment, just real quick. Uh, She is, like, aggressively unfunny. Like, who the fuck goes to that show and laughs at those piss poor like attempts to like what the fuck is i I don't know i I just i can't imagine that who the audience for that show is so fun fact about ellen uh she was the very first person to tweet at the cia when they officially joined twitter (laughs) to welcome them there uh go on twitter and just search the word ellen and cia and look at all the things that that basically she ellen degeneres is a fucking cia asset and that little speech she gave there is employing something called uh, the CIA refers to as neuro-linguistic programming, right? Which sounds like a very conspiracy theory type thing, except that the CIA and the State Department, the Pentagon, they want to have like a technical jargon term for everything, right? Because that's how you teach agents and officers stuff is to have an, a, an acronymable label for something, right? And, you know, neuro-linguistic programming, that's just another way of saying like, hey, we, we focus grouped these certain words and phrases that are, you know, basically a, a low level form of mind control. And it works because look at all the idiots in that room that were cheering and applauding a war criminal, a mass murderer, yep. right, who had tortured people, had people tortured, had people raped in prisons, in black site prisons around the world. Uh, you know, didn't they didn't even know oh, how to so torture people, so they watched episodes of 24 in order to learn how to torture, right? So just absolutely disgusting. And she, uh, you know, puts a, a guy who had millions of people killed, bombed to death, on par with uh, uh, people that people that wear fur. Well, I mean, I'm posed that too, but then what was the, what was no, the last too, one? Yeah, of course. Oh, people that put their um, Christmas lights up early. Oh, that's, that's just the same thing as killing a million people. <laughs> Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> totally the same. It's just it's just massive. It's just it's just really targeted gaslighting uh of millions of people that watch her stupid fucking show. That's all it really is. Um Yeah, uh, yeah, in, in, in you know, be kind to everybody, really. I I think bombing a million people to death is not being kind, Alan. Um so somebody uh, with some some great photoshopping skills uh, or After Effects skills, I should say, um, took her little oh, bit of so CIA good. propaganda and she's sort of standing behind this giant blue screen already, you know, with like her Ellen show graphics kind of floating by. Right. And they superimposed behind her uh, all these images of people being tortured uh, yeah, from Grabe. having attack dogs sicked on them while they're naked, uh, having collars put on them and, and people pointing at them and laughing at them in this prison. Um, and then, of course, the, the most famous one is the guy with uh, electrical uh, wires attached to his wrist. And he's got a huge hood over his head and he's staying on a box with his arms outstretched. And they perfectly matched it with a, a shot of Ellen amazing. with her arms outstretched. Yeah. Uh, and apparently the, her and her producers and the network... Uh, that she's on, or were so outraged, they immediately started issuing uh, copyright infringement notices every time somebody posted it on Twitter. Which, of course, strikes in effect. Now we're all going to fucking post it, right? Yeah, like, you're not going to everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. But that's twice I mean that, that's, you, you mentioned gaslighting. Uh, when you take footage of something that's publicly broadcast and you alter it, it's no. They don't longer have a copyright over it anymore. Oh, now it's, it's Creative use. Commons. It's fair use. So 
fuck Ellen. I don't think it's very She's nice. She's on to NBC, hide by the way. The She's on fucking yeah. NBC. Yeah, fuck her. Uh, hiding the victims of her mass murdering buddy George Bush. Not that kind, actually. Not that kind to hide yeah, those people. No. I actually just want to talk briefly about the the guy that you mentioned, the mo- that famous shot of the guy who's in the kind of pointy hood with the electrodes hooked up to him on the box. Uh, his name's Ali Al Casey, excuse me, Ali Al Casey. Um, so he's he's out now. Um, so you know, you may think like, oh yeah, well that was horrendous what we did to him, but you know he was a terrorist, so you know he did deserve to be in prison, maybe just not to be tortured. I want to tell people what Al Al Casey was in prison for uh, in in Abu Ghraib, one of the most deplorable, disgusting fucking uh, human rights atrocities ever committed in the history of of, uh, fucking mankind. Um, According to um, Al-Shalal, he was arrested after attempting to contact foreign reporters after American military seized a football pitch he owned to dispose of the bodies, uh, bodies of those killed by them. So they forcibly stole this guy's football field that he owned, I guess, to dispose of their fucking to basically dig mass graves for the fucking bodies they were piling up um, and for contacting the media, foreign media to be like, hey, just FYI, these guys are digging mass graves in the stadium that I own. They threw him in this fucking prison and hooked his uh, balls up to electrodes and shocked him. Uh, he was waterboarded. He There's a whole video where he describes the horrendous psychological terror that he still has to this day he's like i couldn't have a bathtub in my house for 15 years because uh of the fucking waterboarding and and the just horrendous it's not too fucking george bush is so you want to talk about uh, oh well you know we can all be kind of fuck you you know go fuck yourself and anyone who's and by the way and this is also anyone who says that donald trump is worse than george bush you're just fucking wrong like i'm sorry you're just fucking wrong it's not true donald trump is horrendous in a million myriad ways he has not done anything as horrendous as the iraq war he has not done anything as horrendous as guantanamo or abu Ghraib. he has not done anything as horrendous as lying us into you know afghanistan or iraq or any of the shit that george bush did in the middle east uh, it is far worse than anything Trump has done in his presidency. So I, I, it just makes me fucking nuts when I see that still, you know, I, I just, yeah. And, and so many of these people, uh, were rounded up, not for any actual crime. It was just, they put bounties out for anyone who had information. So it was like people with personal grudges would be like, Hey, yeah, uh, my buddy Dave down there, he, he's Al Qaeda too. And they get arrested and thrown in prison and tortured for what they knew or didn't know. And of course, anyone who knows anything about torture knows you don't torture someone to find out what they know. You torture them to give false confessions because when you're being tortured, you'll say anything. Just you're like, well, just, just tell me what you want me to say, right? And that's how you get fake intel. You, we've all seen the movie Vice, and that that's how they did it. Well, just torture that guy until he tells us what we want to know, because we know, you know, they got to know something. Everyone knows yeah. something, right? And based on the the torture, we got fake intel that was the basis for how many security reports? Fucking Colin Powell out there with his little bottle or whatever the fuck that wasn't, right? It's just this is this yeah. is how you manufacture consent. You got to have in you know you got to have some report you can show Congress and go, oh look, look at this is this is the intelligence we got. It, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, 1984. I don't know. You, you read 1984? Yeah, years ago in school. Yeah, yes. I mean they, the, the 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 most important thing about that book is they go into excruciating detail about why they're torturing this guy. They're like, we, we don't want you to just tell us what you want us to hear. We need you to believe 
something mm-hmm. that's not true. We need you to believe it. And we're going to torture you until we believe that you believe it. Right. So all yeah. these, all these things, you know, Oceania has always been at war. Like we, we know that's not true, but we need you to believe that it's true. That's why we're going to keep torturing you. So it, it's just, ugh. I mean, when you, yeah, it, I've never seen the movie. Do I don't know if the movie goes into that much detail, but, uh, the, the, I don't know if you ever listened to a guy, um, radio host guy who was on Air America named Mike Malloy. Remember that guy? I'm familiar with the name. I, I didn't. I yeah. wasn't young enough to listen to um, America, but I. I so I. I never read 1984, but back in like 2005, he read I think like 10 pages of the book on his radio show every day for like 30 days straight until like it was the whole book that was read. Um, so I, I got to have 1984 read to me <laughs> by this radio <laughs> host uh, on his show. Wow. So yeah, I, and uh, yeah, I, I just it, it, it's. I, it's fucking staggering the the amount of hoops people jump through and and by the way and the reason i keep mentioning the whole like donald trump's the, the whole reason people are rehabilitating george w bush is because we have donald trump in the white house and they always it, it's just the fucking knee-jerk reflex from a hundred years of fucking u.s media propaganda where it's always like hey you know these horrible people they're an aberration and and on all these other guys are the good ones and they're just gonna that's been the fucking prevailing you know message about the democrats and the republicans for fucking years and decades and decades and no almost all of them to a man are fucking atrocious human beings they wouldn't piss on you if you're on fire um and george bush is a fucking monster the republican party are fucking monsters like just because trump is bad and he's definitely bad does not mean that you need to fucking rehabilitate these fucking ghouls like it's just it just, I, yeah, it's it's the worst instinct that I see in media and in just political discourse, and and it's it's never going to fucking stop. And someone else made a really good point. The reason people are so reluctant, liberals, you know, specifically, because conservatives, you know, they're going to like defend him no matter what. But the reason liberals are so reluctant to criticize George Bush and call him a war criminal is because Obama did a lot of the same shit. And then they'd have to square with the fact that Obama is a fucking war criminal and that he should be treated that way, too. Because that's something that liberals will never fucking square because he still has incredible popularity among the Democratic base. And people that should be calling him out are reluctant to do so even people like bernie because it's like really a fucking political it's political suicide to be like yeah you know obama was a fucking monster when it came to the middle east and foreign policy um and you know domestic policy but that's all another situation yeah, but you know well, what I mean? it's it just when, they won't square with that so exactly and and how did how did the rehabilitation of george bush begin it began with barack obama saying well, we, we can't look backward. We have to look forward. Oh, yeah. some 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 folks got tortured. Some folks got tortured. Like, oh, that, folks, yeah. <laughs> that torture's fine now. Uh, Alan's going to go dance with the war criminal. It's, it's all good. He gave a piece of candy to Michelle Obama. Bless his heart. And there were um, members of Obama's Justice Department was like, hey, you know, we could we could charge these guys like we could go after them like and he's like no no not gonna do it not just looking just look forward don't look backward you know and it's just it it was just the typical like and this is again yeah i just it it fucking makes me nuts but uh you know it's gonna keep happening unfortunately um 
one person though who did not uh suffer any of this bullshit was mark ruffalo and he he was one of the few celebrities because there are a lot of uh white uh liberal women uh like rich celebrity liberal women came to her defense people like reese witherspoon and uh uh Kristen bell like all like oh yeah it's okay and and some other you know dickheads but uh mark ruffalo tweeted uh Sorry, until George W. Bush is brought up to justice uh, for the crimes of the Iraq war, uh, including American-led torture, Iraqi deaths, displacement, and the deep scars, emotional and otherwise, afflicted on our military that served as folly, we can't even begin to talk about kindness. So, you know, Mark Ruffalo continues to be one of the only good ones, along with Susan Sarandon, Cusack, a couple others, um, who are actually willing to call out a powerful person in Hollywood. Yeah, I I, uh, I replied to uh, Mark Ruffalo's tweet. I was like, "Uh oh, the CIA is not going to like this." <laughs> Being that the you know all, all the Marvel movies are basically propaganda for the fucking military and the CIA. Yeah, um, Ruff- oh, yeah Ruffalo's where they go into. He always plays like a lawyer who's su- against like the, the super corrupt government, and which is great because that's usually who that's who he is in real life. But like he like he was that uh, you know reporter in Spotlight. You're trying to uncover the, the the Catholic pedophile ring. He's playing a lawyer in this new movie about the fracking industry, you know, taking on the fracking industry. So, like, he he picks roles where he can really fucking, you know, find the character in himself, I think. Yeah, I, the, the trailer for that, um, the, the fracking movie he's in looks looks pretty That's good. Right. I, I watched yeah. that Matt Damon film that came out, like, what, like 10 years ago? It wasn't that. Yeah. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. Um, it, it felt a little, little too contrived. Um, but you know, yeah. whatever. I'm still trying to get a message out there, I guess. But it had John Krasinski in it, so that's probably why he's a fucking yeah. CIA asset. You know, we've yeah. come yeah. to learn. So, um, oh, but, the, but yeah, this, this somewhat unrelated. But there's this guy named uh, Michael Salomon. I don't know who he is, but uh, voting cheat sheet uh, part two. Donald Trump, vote for me if you want more fascism. Joe Biden. Uh, vote for me if you want Trump policy without Trump presidency. Uh, Liz Warren, vote for me if you liked Obama saying change a lot, but not changing anything. Uh, and then Bernie Sanders, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I like that. Seriously. I, well, I, I posted that, um, a screenshot of that on, on Facebook and sent it to my mom, and she did not like it. So. <laughs> she didn't respond, but also didn't like the post um yeah neither neither liz warren's a really tough road to hoe for for liberals like to get them to understand why she's bad and why she's a bullshitter like that's really going to be the the challenge of this primary because i think i think most liberals can see that joe biden is a fucking slobbering mess uh beyond the fact that his policies are awful you just can't make it to the fucking finish line but Liz Warren's well, a lot more subtle with her, you know, bullshit. So it's really hard to. Yeah. Well, of course, then the the the, the rumblings this week also were uh, Hillary oh, saying, "Don't tempt I, me. I can't even, I can't Don't even. tempt Hillary. I might run it." I mean, you know, it, it, there's people who've said this repeatedly. If you think Hillary Clinton won't run again, you don't know Hillary Clinton. No. Oh, yeah. No. She's she's the biggest megalomaniac in the history of united states politics she thinks that she deserves to be the fucking president 
emperor of the United States. She is ordained from fucking God to be the president of the United States, the first woman president. And if she gets the inkling that Elizabeth Warren is going to win, uh, there's no chance that she wouldn't do something to put her stink on her and make sure that, you know, she did like, I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, like, cause they, they actually show a lot of solidarity with each other because they're not all that different when you really boil it down to, you know, some of the, some of the uh, policies, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if Hillary, you know, intentionally put some of her stink on Warren to bring her down in the polls. Like, like she did to fucking oh. Gillum and, Oh yeah. Know. The, the kiss of death. Yeah, it really is a kiss uh, of death when she starts campaigning <laughs> with you. She knows it. It's like a like she knows that she can weaponize her unpopularity to, to ice people. She, I mean, she well. she's got to be the most fucking the the biggest moron on the on the planet if she doesn't know it because she literally went and campaigned for Andrew Gillum when he was running for governor of Florida, a state that she fucking lost to Donald Trump, lost handedly to Donald Trump, a fucking reality show game reality game show clown. So oh, if yeah. she didn't think that that was a bad idea to go fucking put her stink on Andrew Gillum when he was neck and neck in the polls, then she's the well, biggest she clearly moron knows in all of it because she knew that if she went to Wisconsin and Michigan to campaign, her numbers would only go down. She's aware that the more exposure she gets, the worse her numbers are. Uh, yeah, no, that's yeah. actually a smart move of her to not go to Wisconsin because she would right. have further right. hurt her numbers there. Like she, all these people that that don't live in those states that were like, "Why didn't you come campaign in those states? You needed it." It's like, do you you don't know how much they hate her in those states because those this are the is why states Biden's not campaigning anywhere because he yeah. knows he'll fucking tank his numbers if he goes yeah. and, tr- and campaigns. Also, when, when, when you're a, a Rust Belt state, Great Lakes state, and you depend on industry, and uh, you're still economy is still in the toilet and the population is uh decreasing because there's no fucking jobs because of nafta and everyone knows it's because of nafta uh and and just you know austerity in general and you're the you know pro ttp or tpp pro nafta pro austerity uh corporate democrat um you're you're not going to be very popular in those states Yeah. And, and, you know, just briefly talking about Warren, I, I, and I, I didn't have it prepared, but basically there were a couple things this week where she, uh, further got found out, uh, for, you know, shit that she's lied about in her, in her past. Cause she's, you know, she would say all the time, like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I was a registered Republican in the nineties, but I wasn't very politically active. People literally dug up clips of her in 1991 speaking at the Federalist Society, which is one of the most aggressively right wing, uh, awful think tanks that you, that I mean, they're behind, they're behind the fucking tax cuts for the rich. They're, they're one of the worst organizations, um, in all of DC and they're incredible. So for her to lie and say she wasn't politically active is preposterous. She was very politically active, uh, fighting alongside the worst people in the world, you know, well into the nineties, well into yeah. Bill Clinton's presidency. And so did you notice anything about her hair in that photo of her at the podium of the Federalist Society? Uh, it's dyed jet black. And this was back when she was claiming to be Native American and her law school was claiming that she was oh, the I first even, person wow. to call it. I, I didn't go, even go, go look at pick up on that. No, I, I've, I, I saw it and I, her, I, I was like, oh, wow, her hair is dark. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah, there's other pictures of her that show her hair dyed that, that same jet black color. Uh, and you look at that picture, the, the picture of her at the podium, it, she looks like she's in blackface. Like she looks like she had put brown makeup on to like literally pretend to be Native American. 
Like she yeah, knew she wasn't I, knew she had to make herself look that way. It's it's absurd. It's fucking absurd. And of course, this is the, the perfect way. You know, stealing other people's uh, ethnic identity is is what Democrats are all about. You know, what was oh wow yeah you're right she is she is yeah you see it now uh what what was what was the hillary's biggest selling point oh she's popular with with the black vote in the south now none of that matters because elizabeth warren has none of that support uh and she's still the queen right she's still the number one front runner now right well she you know what because because they know biden's a fucking sinking ship and that she uh, is the only one that that can beat bernie and that's going to be the number one goal uh until he's fucking in the ground is to make sure to undermine bernie as much as physically possible um and also by the way just other quick thing she also uh, got found out that she lied about uh she she she's like just lies as a habit there were a couple stories that came out she lied about being fired for being pregnant they dug up an interview where she essentially said no i i decided to leave teaching because i wanted to you know go. there were a couple of different reasons why it was a lie but she she you know oh, she basically they it, the, she made the up board, a story the school board was unanimous in renewing her contract right and then she said oh i i was fired well no she resigned and they said that they were sad to see her go Right. And then her circuits go, oh, well, the point isn't that whether she was fired or not. The point is that women that are pregnant are often pressured to quit. It's, it's like, like, yes, what? that's true. So but that, no, fucking, that's not the point. No, <laughs> like, the point is that she lied. lied. The point is that yeah. she lied. We understand that, you know, there's there's burdens on, on women who are trying to work who have pregnancy. Obviously, uh, what Bernie's Medicare for all bill gives, you know, how much paid maternity leave time. Uh, for mothers and for fathers, I think, I I think six weeks mandated. Six, six uh, it weeks. might be more than that. Six but, weeks, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, there, there's stuff in there for um, you know free childcare, right? So you know, of course, they don't not want to mention talk the, the fucking hundreds of thousands of dollars associated with actually having a kid in this country, which which would all be covered yeah. in Medicare. Or, for or all, yeah. good, good luck trying to get your your newborn baby enrolled in Obamacare. It's physically yeah, not yeah. possible to do. No. No, yeah, yeah exactly. They, so, they they have to go on Cobra, which they can't do until they're after they're born, and they could any kind of health risks uh, that happen immediately upon birth are completely uncovered, and you know you have to fight with the insurance company to pay for, which yeah. they won't often. So, so there was yeah. some uh, rumblings on Twitter this week also about uh, Liz Warren's campaign reaching out to uh, the uh, aforementioned Andrew Gillum, right? Which some people took as like reaching out as a potential VP running mate. Right. Probably. And if there's, if there's ever a more clear sign that Warren is is completely uncommitted to Medicare for all in any way, shape or form, <laughs> yeah. it's reaching out to another Democrat that ran away from Medicare for all when that was the only thing. Well, you know, one of the biggest selling points he had that got on where he was <laughs> before Hillary fucking kneecapped him. Yeah. Yeah. That and, and utterly destroying his opponent in that debate where he called him a fucking racist and said to his face. Oh, yeah. was that was pretty good. Um, but. And again, but and Gillum is is, you know, Hillary Clinton is a huge fan of Gillum and that's which is why she put her stink all over him. Um, So I guarantee you that was one of the moves that Hillary Clinton advised after one of her secret meetings with Warren, which she's been having all this campaign cycle. Um, There's also the chance that Hillary is angling for a VP spot uh, on Warren's ticket. I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I guarantee you the fucking. 
you know, the the liberal class in D.C. is going to rationalize it like, well, you know, she did beat Trump last time by more than three million votes. Who better to have on your ticket than somebody oh who God. could beat Donald Trump? Do you imagine Hillary Clinton? She, she said I, I could beat him again. She said Elizabeth again. Warren. That would be like Dick Cheney being the real president to George Bush being the oh, you know, 100 percent to the fucking airhead. That's oh, actually God. the president. Yeah. And I guarantee well, if that's the that's the situation, uh, the, the bungled coup in Venezuela will not be bungled this time. No, no, they'll do it. They'll they'll do it successfully for sure. And they'll do it without us even knowing. And we'll wake up one day and they'll be like, so, yeah, uh, Nicolas Maduro was assassinated. Juan Guaido is now the president of Venezuela. Uh, and, you know, we've brought freedom and democracy to the Venezuelan people. <laughs> um but yeah, so it, it's a fucking nightmare. This is a fucking nightmare. 2016 is never going to end. We're never going to out. We're going to fucking die before 2016 dies. Like that's that's what I'm convinced of. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, real quick before we get out of here, I want to talk about Bernie um, because, you know, he's home recovering uh, from his health scare. Uh, you know, he basically said to some reporters get uh, gathered that like, look, I'm going to probably scale back my uh, campaign somewhat, meaning like, you know, maybe I won't do four rallies in a day. I'll do two rallies in a day. But of course, they they all misreported that and twisted it and just clipped out a portion where he was like, well, of course, the nature of our campaign will have to change. And they're acting like he's basically. Oh, Bernie's throwing in the towel. Camp- he's finished. Yeah. He's done for. Let's make like his he's Facebook red. <laughs> Joe, yeah. Joe Biden campaigns like twice a week, maybe. And and Bernie Sanders, you know, yeah, and that's only four if it's times in the Hamptons. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. Or or to some like mook fucking, you know, like firefighters union that endorses him or something. But um so Bernie, yeah, so he basically has had reporters like stalking him outside of his his vermont house for the past couple days um, he got in a car follow him yeah, yeah. no it's just they, it's, they, disgusting. it's really just fucking bizarre it's yeah i don't know just tabloid trash it's worse but um cnn was waiting outside and he talked to them briefly when he was going for a walk with jane uh which i'm sure was strategic on his part he's like oh yeah motherfuckers i'll show you i'm gonna go for a walk right now talk about how i'm in bad health um but so he was going for a walk with Jane and they interviewed him and he that's where he said those comments. But CNN put this video on the air and Bernie Sanders looks like he's ready to keel over. He's red as a fucking tomato. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, man, wow, Bernie doesn't look great there. But then I looked at Jane. And I was like, wow, uh, Jane's really fucking red, too. And then I looked at the grass and I was like, oh, that grass is pretty uh, dull. The contrast in that grass is pretty low. Well, the, uh, the, and, the and grass was almost blue. Right. Yeah. Which it, it's it like just they, looked re- they yeah. shifted the tint on it the way, you know, like on old analog TVs where you could just turn a dial back and forth and make it like super green or super red. Right. Yeah. Well, you can pull up the, uh, the particular, you know, the, the, the red, you can pull up the, the, the red gradient uh, and basically it'll just really boost the reds and kind of mute everything else. Um, and people, you know, found videos from Fox News of all people. Uh, from that same exact like little press scrum where he looked fine. He looked, you know, like a normal colored person. He didn't look like Donald Trump. Um, So Fox news is actually showing an honest video of him and CNN uh, either uh, manipulated this video on purpose. Number one, number two intentionally didn't fix their white balance, which is 
for a professional cameraman is like There's no way. No, I mean there was tying your shoes. I mean, it tweeted this out saying, you know, that that anyone who's who's filming a presidential candidate is a professional videographer and knows how to white balance. So there's no way this wasn't done intentionally. Uh, yeah. Or if it was shot, fine. You they, can fix it in post they, also. Like, you can fix right. that somewhat oh, in they post. Fixed so it. They, they fixed it. They made it look like he was about to, like you said, about <laughs> to collapse with how red that was. So just, you know, again. It's just so underhanded and, these, and petty and fucking gross. Neuro-linguistic programming. This is what they're doing. Like, oh, yeah. Bernie's sick. Let's make him look like he's red. You know, people are like, oh, Bernie doesn't look too healthy. You know, it's it's just, it's. And you know what? Not going to work for, on everybody, but they know it works on enough people. Exactly. Make a difference. So that's what they do. Exactly. Because they knew we'd find out and call them out. But not everybody who saw that video on CNN is going to see us calling them out. E- even if we reach 25% of the people that saw that video, still 75% of the people that saw that video have it in their minds. Oh, my God. Bernie Sanders looks like he's on death's door. And it's just such a subtle little piece of fucking propaganda it really is genuinely like cia mind control like this is the fucking ma- this is how they manufacture consent and manufacture you know their machination their machinations and what they want uh to happen in, in u.s politics and u.s electoral politics and it's fucking gross um so on top of that they were running with this narrative of like oh well bernie sanders hid his health diagnosis like they literally the day he was released from the hospital said oh yeah well he had a he had a um myocardial infarction which is you know a term for a heart attack but a bunch of doctors were like well yeah it was probably pretty minor since he left the hospital three days afterwards like you know didn't cause any serious damage but you know he had a mild heart attack and he uh had a two stents put in so now he has much better blood flow in his arteries than he's had for years presumably and Um, and how is it not disqualifying that dick cheney had four Four fucking heart attacks before he took office as vice president. How was that yep. not an issue? Yeah, uh, his, his and then also, shit. remember remember when Hillary kept fainting in 2015, 2016, when she, you know, her her cybernetic implants were malfunctioning. <laughs> she would like start twitching and then collapse, you know, uh, yeah. on fucking 9-11. They were, oh, it's so hot on 9-11. Like, really? You're in the shade of skyscrapers. Why'd you have a coat? She had a coat on. And like, take your fucking coat morning. off. There's, you're, it's, you're not overheating at, at eight yeah, in the morning no. in the shade of, of you know, lower Manhattan. Uh, so in September, in was, September, nevertheless, I like, yeah. you know, it's like. But, but when we brought up that concern for her, whether she was, you know, hiding things about her health yeah. or, like, oh, that's sexist. That's ageist. How dare you question her health? Like, really? really? And she never admitted to what was actually going on there. And Bernie, literally, the day he was released from the hospital, was like, oh, yeah, no, well, he had a minor heart attack. Uh, you know, he's okay. He's doing better. So I actually have an audio clip from an interview. I guess he was giving the 60 Minutes, and they asked him about the, – the interviewer asks him, starts with the preposition – and this is what the media does. Is they start from the assumption that the bullshit narrative that they cooked up is obviously right. So he asks him a leading question, and Bernie – smacks it down in a really funny way. So I'll play the audio from that. It's a couple of days before we learned that you had a heart attack. There there seemed to be this sense, well, the campaign must be hiding something. What's going on? That's nonsense. And I think that, you know, sometimes, I don't know what people think campaigns are. You know, we're dealing with all kinds of doctors. or We wanted to have a sense of what the hell was going on, really. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we're trying to do is understand what's going on and not run to the New York Times and have to report every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a baseball game. So I think we <laughs> acted absolutely appropriately. So, yeah. 
Uh, but I thought that was funny. <laughs> not a fucking baseball yeah. game. Like, we, you know, what, what do I need to give you, like, uh, every, uh, updates in every bowel movement, I think? Like, no. Like, fuck off. No. Exactly. <laughs> not your fucking business anyway. Uh, so yeah. do you have the, the audio from that, that amazing uh, video that, that uh, Bernie Support put together? I don't know, but it's also it's like a five minute video, and it it, okay. it plays well, we better as a video. I think, that. yeah, it does. Yeah, because you kind of have to see some of the visual juxtaposition between what some of these. Well, just, Bernie never smiles, and then there's a ton of you know videos <laughs> yeah. of him smiling with supporters. Yeah, Trevor and, Noah like, probably a clip, a, a selectively edited clip, of Bernie saying, oh, "I think you're dumb" to a little kid, and it's like uh, they literally just chopped off the rest of the sentence where he said, "I think you're dumb." If you think you're dumb because you haven't gone to school and gotten an education, like yeah. literally say the opposite of what he was actually saying. It so, was a really like beautiful moment um, he had with a bunch of kids where he was trying to explain to them the value of an education, the value of going to school and reading and things like that. And and yeah, so it, it was just they, but they played it up for yucks because like, oh, look at this crazy old guy on, you know, Vermont public access in the 80s, like with this crazy little zany show. Yeah. Well, maybe we can put a link to it for, you know, the, the yeah, we'll put a link in the description, uh, in the description there. But, but yeah, we were, we were talking about, uh, doing commentary on it, but I think everyone's kind of, uh, you know, seen that and is familiar with it. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, people it's one of the best like, fan videos I've ever seen put together. I like that, uh, it's, it's a juxtaposition. Ju- Let me try that again. Juxtaposition, juxtaposition yep. is one of the strongest ways to counter a bullshit narrative is to just be like, here's the bullshit they're saying about him. Here's the reality. Here's the bullshit they're saying about him. Here's the reality, right? So for anyone who is, is you know, misled and gaslit by these fucking, who are, I mean, these people saying all these terrible, oh, Bernie Sanders makes my skin crawl. Who the fuck is that woman? Where the, who the, what authority is oh, a, a multi-millionaire ex-fucking cop prosecutor from New York. Exactly. Know, that it case, makes your skin crawl. Really? What, what about him? Is it that he wants to give you health care? Is it that he wants? Is it that to he's Jewish? Is, is that what dead? is that what makes your skin crawl? It's a really yeah. weird sentence to say about anyone of any kind of ethnic minority. So you know, you would think that that would be like. Imagine if he was black and and someone was like, "I just don't know what it is about him. He just makes my skin crawl." Like, imagine somebody saying that about anyone else. Yeah, no, it's it, you know <laughs> what makes my skin crawl. You know what Jew makes my skin crawl is fucking Netanyahu, that motherfucker. Uh, it makes my skin crawl, right? So yeah. no, it's not the not the socialist one, um, but yeah, no. Check it out. Check out that video if you uh, somehow haven't seen it yet. Like it, share it, uh, subscribe to our podcast, like and share that as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've 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 hit on what we wanted to hit on this week. Um, you know, a lot of shit going on in the world. Hopefully, we'll have some better news to report next week, but uh, kind of doubt it. But you know, we'll see. Um, I, you know, actually, I think the. De- Bates or next week they're coming out i think they're they, i believe they're on the 15th so we'll, yeah um, actually r- right now there's a cnn town hall that i it's on uh lgbt it's lgbt uh, town hall right I, I think bernie's not there if i'm not mistaken he's yeah he's not going to be there because of his he's still recovering from the the health thing but yeah. he is going to be at the the actual like you know clusterfuck clown car debate on the 15th uh Yep. Which is on one night with twelve participants. Could for some be, goddamn uh, reason. I'm, I'm tuning in just to see who uh, who Telsey uh, takes out. Um, I'm disappointed in her responses to a number of things, like defending fucking Ellen. Like, what the fuck? I thought oh, your whole yeah, thing was 
was going after fucking. She's really Linda's. hedging her fucking bets to try to get a VP slot. I think I, I it's really know. fucking she's, dumb. Tulsi is just so inconsistent with with yeah. shit. Where I never know what she's going to say next. And you know, I know that she's had Bernie's back a few times and everything. But like, come on, I get it. Yeah, Mahalo. And she's, but she is. This she's is a war yeah. criminal. <laughs> yeah, and she's genuinely good on a lot of issues, but she's bad on some shit. But um, Many look, I, I'm all. glad. She's backed out of yeah. Medicare oh, for all now, God. too. I don't know what the fuck that Why? was about. It's, you're, you're at 1%, Tulsi. Like, you had nothing to lose by sticking with it. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I, I'm glad she's in debates because uh, she is a fucking cop killer. And she's, you know, <laughs> she took out, she took down Kamala Harris's entire uh, campaign with, like, 30 seconds of debate time. So there's a good chance she could take down Elizabeth Warren's campaign and or Joe Biden's campaign with an yeah. equal you know it'll be good was that we'll, tuesday we'll see what happens that's tuesday, tuesday so we'll, we'll we'll do full yeah. coverage of that on thursday along with maybe any we, other uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll record on wednesday or maybe we'll do a uh, probably can't but but we'll we'll do a, we'll do a full coverage uh of the debates on th- and we'll have some time to analyze you know the aftermath of it and whatnot and have, sure. have some good clips pulled so we'll uh, talk about it then uh, yeah, so if you want to support the show, um, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show out in the uh, charts. You can uh, follow us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash moveleft, facebook.com slash idiots. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that over at patreon.com slash moveleft. Or if you want to pick up any merch from the show uh, and support the show that way, you can do that at tinyurl.com slash slash move left merch Sorry. whenever you say so, merch i think of interstellar and i think of matthew mcconaughey saying merch <laughs> <laughs> and if you like that we movie just, we did just do a review of it recently too uh ooh, ironically. yeah good plug yeah for sure so go go check that review out that's uh one, one, one of my more favorite uh reviews we've done in, in recent times uh that's that was a good one um, yeah well the there's in, a lot in, to talk about in, that movie Especially with the the book ending of the uh, the bumper music we chose for that, because the, <laughs> the I, I won't tell you what it is because it's it's fun to experience it. But uh, we we it wasn't back from the 80s. movie, but it, it was no. in reference to the movie. If you look at the lyrics of the song that we play as the episode starts, it like literally describes the plot of Interstellar uh, in in a numerous different ways with the lyrics. Yeah, it, it really almost eerie, but um. Yeah, yeah, so I, uh, go I, check I that song out. In my, yeah, I had a song actually, funny enough, in, in my head a lot lately because we we did do that, and like every time it gets in, stuck in my head, it makes me really fucking sad because that like <laughs> it's you know, a really sad somber song. Like it it it, it, but it's it such is. an earworm, so it's like the ultimate. Um, yeah, yeah, but so yeah, go check that review out to find out what the hell we're talking about. And um, yeah, yeah, we'll have another review coming for you um, on Monday. We're going to be reviewing Moonlight, uh, which is. Uh, a gr- amazing 2016 uh, uh, best picture winning film. So we will uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit. Yeah, a, a, a ton of historic things about that film. Um, lowest budget best picture Oscar winner in history, uh, made for only 1.5 million dollars. Yeah, which is incredible. Consider, yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so we will um, we'll talk about that on the actual Moonlight Pod. But go check that out uh, next week and. We will be back uh, for more Move Left Idiots. Oh, wait. I am on t- <laughs> I should tell people where to find us. I am on Twitter at Move underscore left. 
Uh, as am I. We share this. No, no, we don't. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. It's Smut Collector. Uh, it is spelled as always with an ER, not an OR. Yep. And we will see you next week.